I was trying to do that uh, the other night when they were introducing the whole hockey team. I was like, and everyone else around me was booing. I felt bad. So I, I was doing this. Just want you to know that Hope College hockey team. <laughs> it's important to send out love to everybody. So this is Communion Sunday. Hence the, uh, yes, woo. Hence the bread and the cup right there. And on Communion Sunday, we give an update on how we are uh, contributing to Community Care Fund. And so far, I am delighted to say we have raised $3,765.40 for the Community Care Fund. So that's great. That is great. Way to go. Way to be generous. That is terrific. And for those of you who are guests among us tonight, I'm looking at you, elders, and Sean, shout out. Uh, the Community Care Fund is a way that we as students, faculty, and staff give to people in our community who are in need. We have um, students who have surprise oral procedures that they have to have, which is just miserable, and um, we're able to help out with that. We have students who sometimes need to fly home because a parent has uh, had some significant health issues, so we're able to help out with that. And so um, I love it that it's down to like 40 cents, you know, it's like... 360 and 40 cents. I just think, way to go. Way to like just throw it all in there. Whatever you have, that's just wonderful. And then um, I'm going to introduce a video about the International Worship Night, and then Grace Kim is going to invite us to come along with them. So let's watch this. everybody. Grace Kim. Can grab a mic? Hi, good evening everyone. My name is Grace and I'm a senior here at Calvin. And as you may know, I'm here to talk about the International Worship Night that is happening this Friday. So before I talk about it, I just have a couple of questions and you guys have to help me out. So how many of you have at least one friend who's international? Raise your hand. Awesome, looks great, wow. Okay, so how many of you have traveled to any of the countries outside of the States? Raise your hand. Awesome, how many of you have tried any international food in your whole entire life? Yeah, all of you, yes? Okay, that's awesome. So as we can see, we live in a world where there are so many different language, I mean countries and languages and cultures. And this Friday, we would like to all gather together and celebrate that diversity. And one thing that is really amazing is that throughout this diversity, we can see the greatness of God because all of us are created by the same God. So this Friday, we would like to gather together and worship the same God through the different cultures and languages that we have. So I would like to invite all of you this Friday, 7 p.m. in CFAC Auditorium. And also bring your friends, spread the word, and please join us in prayer as we prepare for this event. 
that the difference of languages and cultures may not be a barrier, but actually help us to experience how great our God is. Thank you so much. Thanks, Grace. That's great. Thumbs up, thumbs down on the video. I got this. Um, so Grace is a senior, as she said, she's a Jubilee Fellow, and this is part of her project. When Jubilee Fellows go out and they serve for a church in the summer, and they come back in the fall, and they seek to serve our community, and this is what Grace's project has been, to, to gather people together to lead us in worship. I've been trying to call it Rangila, colon, the worship edition. And she was like, but Rangila's a brand name, and I'm like, yeah, use the brand. So that's Grace and me, that's our little conversation. But it's going to be great, Friday night, 7 o'clock in the CFAC Auditorium, so go check that out. And then you may have noticed that we have wonderful guests behind us, which really aren't guests, but part of our community. The Campus Choir is here tonight. Shout out. Yes. Um, and their director, Sean Ivory, my friend. Yes. Yes. Sean and I were students at Calvin College together. I know. We have known each other a very long time. <laughs> yeah, less, very long time. Actually sang in different choirs together and uh, did all that together. So we want to know which one of you out here in the audience, which one of you will someday be the campus choir director and which one of you will be the chaplain in 25 years. So just think about that. <laughs> think about that. Uh, you're always looking for your replacement, you know, always looking for your replacement. So we're really glad to have campus choir here. Um, I, you got the thumbs up. That's awesome. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna play this this trailer now that we've long awaited. worth the wait, wasn't it? That was cool. Nice job. Nice job. Great. So at this time, we are going to take our offering for the Community Care Fund.
As we come to our time of prayer, I wanted to alert you to two needs in our community that came up this week. One is uh, Helena, many of you may know her as Linda Krieger, who's a senior from Ghana. Uh, this is her. She found out this week that her father, um, who had had some health problems but had been rallying, actually died this week. And uh, she's a senior, she's an engineer, and um, very much is going, wants to stay through the end of the semester and go home at Christmas, and they'll have the funeral then. Her brother also studies in the United States, so he'll be going home then too. Um, but as you can imagine, incredibly hard to be here and so far away and trying to focus on all the things you have to do as a senior engineering student. So we'll be praying for Linda this week. And then also Tetya Nasen as uh, a su- student who was in a very bad car accident up in Traverse City, and uh, she'll make a full recovery, but a lot of um, physical rehab, broken bones has to come. Um, so we'll be praying for her too. So uh, Linda and Tetya, as you go through your week, remembering them in prayer. And then we've been praying for uh, Michael Thompson. We've shown his picture before. You know, Michael's been battling brain cancer, and uh, he and his family made the decision this week that he needs to withdraw from Calvin so that he can um, get the treatment that he needs in Indianapolis. And those of you who know him know how hard that was for him to make that decision. So we'll also be praying for Michael. So let's, let's go to God in prayer. Our God, we thank you that you are a mighty God, that you renew our strength on wings like eagles. And wow, we have some members of our community who desperately need that right now. We pray for Linda as she tries to focus and be present and at the same time grieve deeply the loss of her father. Lord, we thank you for things like academic support and good friends and understanding professors. And it's so hard. And she is one of too many who have lost parents this fall. And so we grieve together as a community. We pray for Tetya as she needs healing and she needs patience while she heals. We pray, Lord, that you will give her what she needs to make a full recovery. Thank you for all the accommodations that have been made for her schooling and that she will hopefully be able to finish the semester. Lord, we do pray for our two sisters that you will surround them in this time of waiting and healing and grieving. And we pray for our friend Michael. Lord, we know how much he has loved to be here at Calvin. And we know of his testimony that with Christ, he's got this. And so we pray that you indeed will be with him and that you will get this, that you will heal the cancer completely, heal the damaged parts of his brain that need to be fully restored. We pray for the doctors who will treat him in Indianapolis and for his family as they support him and that he will be able to rejoin us here. We thank you that we are part of a community where we may not know these people personally, but we are brothers and sisters in Christ. And so we bring them before your throne and we say have mercy upon them for the sake of Jesus Christ. We pray for all the others in our community that have needs. We think of those who have mental health issues. 
who are trying to understand what depression means for their lives and get medication to help them, to get the right counseling. We pray for those who are struggling with addictions, whether to pornography or alcohol or to cutting, to harming themselves. Lord, in your mercy, we bring our brothers and sisters before you and we plead for them that you indeed will renew their strength. And Lord, we pray for Calvin College. We thank you for the good things that happen. We thank you for good community and laughter. We thank you for a couple of days where we can meet with an academic advisor or we can sleep a little more, maybe catch up on homework, maybe avoid homework altogether. We thank you for a couple of days of just a different rhythm to help us catch our breath. Lord, we pray that as we go to James, that you, Holy Spirit, will speak to us, that you will give comfort where comfort is needed, that you will give challenge where challenge is needed, that you will do what you need to do for your glory in our lives and on this campus. And we pray this through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. So we've been doing a series on the book of James. Do y'all need Bibles back here? There's a stack of them right here. Sean, you can distribute through. And is there a stack over here, back here? I'm going to pass them down. There, yep, under there. Page 982, page 982 in the Pew Bibles. James chapter 5. Be reading verses 7 through 12 of James 5. This is what he says. Be patient, therefore, beloved, until the coming of the Lord. The farmer waits for the precious crop from the earth, being patient with it until it receives the early and the late rains. You also must be patient. Strengthen your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is near. Beloved, do not grumble against one another so that you may not be judged. See, the judge is standing at the doors, As an example of suffering and patience, beloved, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Indeed, we call blessed those who showed endurance. You have heard of the endurance of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. Above all, my beloved, do not swear, either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no, so that you may not fall under condemnation. This is the word of the Lord. So tonight, we're going to be thinking about three questions. Here's the first one. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? Some of us are 
desperately waiting for Thanksgiving break. We are crossing off the days. We know when our plane or our car or our train or our feet are going to get us off this campus and we're going to go home and we're going to eat real food and we're going to sleep in our own bed. And our siblings or cousins or other family members will annoy us in all the right ways that we're used to. We just can't wait. Others of us are waiting for news from graduate schools. And we've been told that once all applications are in, by March 15, we should know something. Something. We should know something. And so that's the date that's on our calendars. That's the date that we're looking toward, March 15. Others of us, November is here, and it's our birthday month. And we're excited because our birthday is coming, and we can count down the days. Where are the November birthdays in the house? Woo! Yes! Take note of them. We just can't wait. We're like, oh, it's almost my birthday. People do nice things for me. I get treats. I can't wait. That's a certain kind of waiting. When you know the end, when you know it's coming, you have a date, you put it on a calendar, you cross off days, you get there. That's one kind of waiting. But that's not most of the waiting we do, is it? Most of the waiting we do is waiting with no end that we know of. Or we know it will end someday, but we don't really know when. Some of us are waiting for healing, healing for ourselves, healing for someone we love, healing that is physical or emotional or spiritual or mental, and we just keep praying like, Lord, please bring healing, please do something, please move in this person's life, please move in my life, in my body, please, Lord, bring healing. Others of us are waiting for an apology. Someone we know hurt us deeply, and we just keep waiting for them to get it and apologize. And others of us are waiting for forgiveness. We've made the apology, we've said the words, and we're waiting for the person to say, it's okay, I forgive you. Others of us are waiting because we have been praying and praying and praying for people that we know and love to come to faith in Jesus. We have been waiting for them to make a commitment, to make an investment in a local church, for them to know what it's like to live a life of grace. We're waiting and we're waiting and we're waiting. Everybody's waiting for something. What are you waiting for? The people James was writing to were waiting, as we all are, for the return of Jesus. And he hadn't been gone that long compared to how long he's been away since. But they really thought that he would come back while they were still alive. This was their full belief in their early church. He said, just as I've gone up into heaven, I'm going to come on back. And everyone was like, okay, we'll be here. 
And then people from that community started to die off, and they thought, wait, uh, what's happening? He's not back. He didn't come back yet. And the injustices that they were having to deal with seemed to be getting worse. The economic situation became more tumultuous, and the political climate became more unstable, and the rich became richer, and the poor became desperate, and Jesus still hadn't come back. And that's why James writes to them. If the first question is, what are you waiting for? The second question James invites us to ask is, who are you becoming while you wait? Who are you becoming while you wait? And he lays out a few options. He says, this is what often happens when people wait. They start grumbling against each other because they can't control the situation and so they start taking it out on everybody else. It's like when you get a bad grade on a paper and you walk storming to your room and your roommate is playing video games and you yell at her and say, turn down the video games. Are you actually mad at her about the video games? No, you are upset with yourself, A, Professor B, or the other way around. And you take it out on her. James says that's the same thing. When we become impatient with God, we start taking it out on everybody else. He's not answering our prayer the way I wanted to. This isn't working out for me. I'm impatient. I want justice. It's not happening. So I'm going to take it out on you. I'm going to make life harder on you. I'm going to complain about you. Who are you becoming while you wait? Are you becoming a grumbler? Or maybe you're becoming someone who tries to make bargains with God. That's what verse 12 is about. It seems like an odd verse, right? It's kind of stuck there. Above all, my beloved, do not swear either by heaven or by earth, by any other oath, but let your yes be yes and your no be no. And there are people who look at what comes before, patient and suffering, and what comes after, the prayer of faith, and they're like, what's that have to do with anything? It just seems kind of stuck there. But the commentator that we're using as we go through James together, George Stulak, he points out that this is exactly where it should be because what James is trying to say here is you can't make bargains with God. When you're frustrated with God and you're impatient and suffering, the temptation is to make a little bargain. God, if you do this for me, I'll do this for you. It's like, it's the, it's the horrible theology that comes up on like every bad television show, right? Somebody gets themselves into a bad pickle and then they're like, Lord, we don't know each other well, but at this one moment, would you please rescue me from this burning volcano? <laughs> right? It's like, Really bad theology, really bad way of manipulating God or attempting to. And so James says, don't do that. Instead, pray, which is what we're going to talk about next week. So who are you becoming while you wait? Are you becoming someone who grumbles against other people or grumbles against God? Are you becoming somebody who tries to make bargains with God? If I hear from this school before I hear from this school, I'll take that as a sign that you want me to go to this school. 
If you heal my mother, I'll become a missionary in Uganda. If you do this for me, God, I'll do this for you. Who are you becoming while you wait? And James offers better options. He gives us some examples of the kinds of people we can become while we wait. He says, an example of, verse 10, as an example of suffering and patience, beloved, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Now, the prophets were people who spoke truth about God, right? That was their job. They spoke truth about God. This is who God is. This is what God wants. This is what God is up to. And they kept speaking the truth about God even when it cost them. They continued to speak the truth about God even when it was hard for them. They talked about God as loving his people and wanting the best for them even when it meant that the best didn't happen for them. They continued to speak the truth about God. And then he says, you've heard of the endurance of Job. Now, Job was somebody who spoke the truth to God, right? You remember Job? He loses everything. His friends come to kind of help him out. They're really not that helpful. Because they say to him, Job, if you had actually done this and this and this, God wouldn't have done this to you. Or Job, if you hadn't done this and this and this, God wouldn't have done that to you. And Job listens to all his friends, and he says, I don't think any of you are right. I don't think God works that way at all. I don't know how he does work kind of confused by that myself, but I don't think it's like you. And so Job speaks the truth to God in the middle of his suffering, in the midst of his pain. He speaks out truth to God. I don't understand. I thought I was doing things the way you wanted me to do them. I don't get this. And God speaks the truth to Job and says, there are things that you're not going to understand because I am Yahweh the Lord and I am almighty. And Job realizes that a God he understands is not a God he wants to worship. And so he worships the God he does not understand. And in both of these instances, the prophets who speak the truth about God and Job who speaks the truth to God, they stay in relationship with God even in the midst of their suffering, even in the midst of their pain, they maintain relationship with God. They don't reject him. They don't run away from him. They don't turn aside. They wait for the Lord. They speak truth about the Lord. They speak truth to the Lord. They wait. So what are you waiting for? Who are you becoming while you wait? And then how do you see God while you're waiting? How do you see God while you're waiting? James, through this entire book, if you've been studying it with us, you know that he's very clear that God is a generous God. What's in the box? Do you remember from the very beginning? God is a generous God. Oh, you want some wisdom? Are you lacking in wisdom? All you have to do is ask. God is so ready to give it to you. Do you need some grace? Oh, my goodness, he is chock full of grace. He will give you grace upon grace upon grace. This is who God is. 
So when he says the Lord blesses the people who suffer, that the Lord is full of compassion and mercy, then that's what we need to look for when we wait. We need to look for signs of God's compassion. We need to look for signs of his mercy. So several years ago, when I was in a really miserable season in my life, I was having coffee with a friend, and she said to me, what can I do for you? And you know how this is, right? If you've got a friend who's hurting, you would do anything for that friend, right? You would do anything for that friend, and you feel helpless. And so when my friend asked me, is there anything I can do for you, my first instinct was to say, no. Because she couldn't fix the big thing. But I knew she was so desperate to help, and I said to her, well, it was this time of year, and at the time I lived in a house that had a big lot with lots of big trees. And I said to her, I'm overwhelmed when I think about the leaves. And she said, okay. And two days later, I pulled into my driveway and there was not a leaf. (laughs) Not a leaf. They weren't in piles. They weren't in bags on the curb. They were gone. 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 The Lord is compassionate and merciful, and he shows up through people who are compassionate and merciful. Sometimes it can be hard to see God in the waiting. James says, we got the early rains, right? He talks about the farmer who's got this precious little crop, and he's so desperate for it to come up, like he's pulling for it to come up. And he says, we get the early rains, and we get the late rains, and we're between the rains, and we're like, Is anything happening right now with my precious crop? Is anything at all happening right now? And James says it's in that moment that you have to look for the compassionate ones. It's in that moment that you have to look for the merciful ones because they are the ones who are reflecting the image of God. When you are between the reins, how do you see God? You see him in the expressions of compassion and mercy that are by the body of Christ. And you see him in the compassion and the mercy and the body and blood of Christ. Think of how many people for how many years waited for this. Way back, In the garden, God said to the serpent, a day is going to come, a day is going to come when you will strike his heel, but he will crush your head. And the waiting began. And Abraham was told, and Sarah was told, you will have a son, and the waiting began. And Joseph was in prison, and the person said to him, Oh, when I get out, I am so going to tell people about you. And the waiting began. And the people went off into exile, and the waiting began. And the people came back from exile, and the waiting continued until one day 
An angel showed up. And a little girl, maybe 15, said, here I am, your slave. Let it be to me according to your word. And the waiting was over. And this baby came. This Messiah came. And he grew up and he taught people and he healed people and he ticked off a few people. And he gathered people to him. And then he stretched out his arms on the cross and he died. And they put him in the grave. And they didn't know it, but they were waiting. They didn't know that Good Friday led to Easter Sunday. They didn't know that they were waiting which is why they were so surprised. They didn't know that they were waiting for more. There was more. There was more. Because our God is about what happens between the early rains and the late rains. He is about what is happening between. There is never a time when God is not at work. There is never a time in your life when God is not at work. There has never been a time in the life of God's people when not God is not at work moving us from death to resurrection. And so Jesus spends time with his disciples and he pours into them for 40 days and then he ascends into heaven and waiting begins again. And we come to this feast because it is a reminder of everything that God has done for his people up to this point. And it is a guarantee that the one who promised that the Messiah would come the first time will come again the second time. We eat the feast as a guarantee. This is not something that we wait for and we're like, maybe it will happen, maybe it won't. When you come to the table and you eat and you drink, you are part of a people who say, we believe that our Lord Jesus Christ, who rose again from the dead, will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and we can't wait because we're so excited. So what are you waiting for? The wedding feast of the Lamb. Who are you becoming while you wait? More and more like the groom himself. And where do we see God in the meantime? In the body of Christ and in the body of Christ. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Our God, we thank you that you are always up to something. Give us eyes to see you in the compassionate ones you in the merciful ones, you in the bread, and you in the cup. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.